Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Good morning, Live Free Church. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you're new or you're visiting, or maybe this is the first time you've joined our online services, we just want to extend a warm welcome. Um, Thanks for joining us today. It is Easter Sunday. It is the day that we celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead, Uh, that though he was crucified on Friday, he did not stay dead, and today he is alive. If you're unfamiliar, with Christianity or, or uh, you haven't been to an in-person gathering in a long time, one of the things we like to say on Easter morning is, He has risen, and then you would respond, He has risen indeed. This past year, I've done some reflecting. And wh- one of the things I remember from last year was, was this time last year. Um, we were gearing up to launch a physical service um, as Live Free Church, And I remember we had done our tech rehearsal, which is basically we got all our volunteers together just to make sure everything turns on properly. And then about a week after we did that, our world entered into a global pandemic, um, as all of you have known and experienced. But as a result, we had to, um, we had to adapt. We had to go online services and um, it's been a tough year. But one of the things that I realized was It didn't go to plan. It didn't go to my plan. Um, And what I thought the plan for Live Free Church ended up being a different plan. And sometimes I think we can get upset about our plans being not the plan that God had intended. But ultimately, God's plan will be fulfilled. But one of the things we have to have is trust. Trust that God knows what he's doing and that he has a plan And that sometimes God, I think, will take us through the scenic route to show us some things that we might have missed had we had just gotten to the destination. For us to understand glory, which is what we're talking about today, and celebrating the risen Christ, I think first we also need to understand suffering. The the road to glory, they say, is marked by suffering. And so as we've reflected on this past year in the disappointments, in the the loss, in the anger, in the grief, in the isolation that I think we all felt the effects of, did you trust that God has a plan apart from maybe your understanding? Do you believe that Jesus was alive this past year in all those um, difficult times? If you've gone through loss this year, did you recognize that Jesus was walking beside you? Today, we're going to look at two disciples that were struggling. And they had some questions. They had questions like, why was our Messiah just crucified? Is Jesus actually alive? And and how do we make sense of all this in light of all the disappointments? And my hope is that we would see, as we look at this passage, that God has a plan that's bigger than ours. That he is alive today. And that he is glorious. And that for him to get that glory... It, was, it had to go through the road of suffering. And I hope that your, your faith would be strengthened today. So if you have a Bible, 
um, pull it out, um, join us. Um, if, you, if you have a device, you can download um, a Bible app on your phone. We're using the CSB translation, which we think is just a great readable and accurate translation. Um, and we're going to go through Luke 24, verses 13 to 34. So if you have a Bible, pull it out. And while you're doing that, I'll give you a little bit of background. This is a short story that takes place on Easter. It was three days after Jesus was crucified. Just outside um, Jerusalem, Jesus was crucified at a place called Golgotha. And, and now there's these two disciples. And they're not one of the named so they're not one of the, the 11 disciples that were in the inner circle with Jesus, but they were followers of Jesus. And they were walking on this road towards a village called Emmaus. And so this passage is called the road to Emmaus. So if you have a Bible, we're going to start at Luke 24, 13. Follow along. It is a bit of a long passage, but we'll get through it. Starting at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to the village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing them. Then he asked them, What is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth? What things, he asked them. So they asked them, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who is the prophet, powerful in action, speech before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to restore um, and redeem Israel. Besides all of this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women in our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported it that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, how foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. They came near to the village where they were going and gave the impression that he was going further. But they urged him, stay with us, because it's almost evening now and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. It was, and it was he who reclined at the table with them and took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while, we were while he was talking with us on the road, explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together who said, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. So there's a few things that I, I want us to just have a look at in this passage. First, I want us to explore why these disciples were discouraged. I want to also look at why they didn't understand. And third, how Jesus can actually open our eyes. And by the end, I hope that we'll see, as the disciples saw, is that Jesus is alive today. So let's look at that first. Why, why were these disciples discouraged? Are you feeling discouraged today? Have you felt maybe discouraged this past year? 
These disciples are definitely feeling discouraged. The person that they had put their hope in was just crucified. Can you imagine if you had had walked with Jesus, if you had physically seen with his eyes do miracles in front of you, you heard him teach about the kingdom of God, but then you also witnessed, you witnessed him carrying his own cross and then being hung on that cross and then dying. And I think, I think we could all say that we'd be pretty discouraged watching that. And the plan didn't go according to how they thought the plan was going to go with their Messiah. I don't know about you, but when I, when I am discouraged, I, I begin to ask questions. And I try to make sense of what is happening, even if I don't really fully understand it. But the problem is, sometimes when I start asking questions, doubt can creep in. But the problem was with doubt is it leads us to see the wrong perspective. The enemy does not want you to see truth. And, and doubts often happen in disappointments. And doubts can be extremely dangerous when we start to believe them. And this is how quickly that it can happen. If you, if you remember back in the garden, right back in Genesis, when, when God tells Adam and Eve, you can't eat of this fruit in this one tree or you will surely die. And if you remember, um, Satan comes at some point as a serpent and, and he, all he does is ask a question. He says, did God really say that? And in their minds, that's a doubt. And then they start to begin to ask that question. Oh, did God really say that? Okay, how about this one? Jesus, who was supposed to be the Messiah, the promised Messiah, was coming to redeem us and establish his kingdom on earth, was just crucified before their eyes. Therefore, did God's plan fail? And maybe that's, that's what these disciples were thinking in that moment. The disciples were trying to make sense of the crucifixion in light of what they thought God's plan was. But really, they misunderstood. They misunderstood what God was trying to say in Scripture. So in verse 15, it says they were arguing. And in verse 17, it says they were discouraged. Why are they discouraged? Well, they didn't understand the plan, which is my second point. They, don't, they, don't, they didn't understand it. But here's the profound thing about Jesus. And if you look at verse 15, it says, And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk with them. How awesome is that? These disciples are, are struggling to understand the events of the crucifixion. They're upset. They're discouraged. And yet Jesus comes up and starts walking with them. But remember, at this point, they did not know it was Jesus. They had their, their eyes veiled at that moment and, and they didn't know that it was Jesus walking beside them. So then Jesus asked them, he says, what is this dispute you're having? And, and Cleopas, which is the, the only named disciple in that, that passage, says in verse 18, what, are you the only one who doesn't know what transpired three days ago? As if Jesus didn't know what had happened to him. But because they don't know it's Jesus, he continues to listen. And he says, okay, what things? And this is where they, they then explain what had happened to Jesus. They explain to Jesus what happened to Jesus. And, and there's three things I just want to note in, in that passage between 19 and 24. The first thing is that 
that Jesus listens in our lack of understanding and in our discouragement. He doesn't, but he doesn't leave us there. He'll listen to us, but he, he will lead us to understand. Second, they thought Jesus was going to redeem Israel. That's what they had thought. Which probably meant for them, it would be actually overthrowing the Roman government that, was, that they were under that rule at that time. But Jesus didn't do that. But that wasn't the plan. Instead, Jesus came as a suffering servant to die for the sins of the world and defeat death. And, and the third thing I just want us to note in that passage is, is actually they kind of build a, a case for Jesus being alive in their own explaining to Jesus. For some reason, they don't believe it. Probably because they were so fixated on what they thought was the, the plan was supposed to be. But if you look closely, they said that they, there was an empty tomb. There was no body to be found. There was credible visions of angels who were revealing that Jesus was alive to people. And they knew people that went to the tomb to see it for themselves, that the tomb was in fact empty. So they're given an argument for the fact that Jesus should be alive. They just don't know how it didn't go to the plan that they had thought. So why are they discouraged? Well, they didn't understand. They didn't understand that Jesus' suffering and dying was always a part of the plan. It was written in their own Bibles. They just couldn't see it. They were looking at scripture from their own perspective. They were reading the Old Testament with their ideal in mind, but, but missing God's perspective, missing God, what God was trying to say. And so Jesus clarifies. He gives us his perspective, what he meant in scripture. So in verse 25 to 26, Jesus says quite bluntly, how foolish and slow you are to believe that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? There's a problem here. These, these disciples, along with, with many Jews, believe that Jesus would come as a conquering redeemer, not as a suffering servant. And as they read scripture, they saw glory, they didn't see suffering. They saw a crown, but they didn't actually see the cross. But here's the thing, there is no Easter without suffering. There is no victory over death without death. They didn't see it. Do you see it? I think a lot of us want victory without suffering. But here's the thing about suffering. Jesus had to go through it too. And, and Jesus can empathize because he's gone through suffering. He can empathize in your suffering, whatever that might be. He, he knows what betrayal has been like. He knows what rejection has been like. He knows what physical pain has felt like. He knows what, what isolation feels like. And so we can't skip over the suffering. And that's what Good Friday is all about. Good Friday is heavy. And if you're anything like me, I'm a, a pretty optimistic person. I don't really like to sit in my feelings. I don't like to feel the weight of the room when things are going on. But in order for me to understand the glory of Jesus or the resurrection, I have to understand the death, the crucifixion. And to understand suffering, we need to sit in those emotions. I remember last year, my, my wife and I, 
we watched a uh, online service because everything had shut down at that point of Good Friday. And they did this service alongside the Passion of the Christ, which is this very graphic um, depiction of the crucifixion. And it's, it is hard to watch because it is, it's so graphic. And, and I remember after we watched it, we were both just sitting in silence fighting to hold back the tears because it was so heavy. And I think part of why it hits so hard is because that's what we deserve. That's, that's what I deserve. Jesus didn't deserve that, but yet he did it for us and he bears our sin and our shame on himself. And it's what scripture said would take place. Jesus would have to come as a suffering servant to die. And, and in doing that, he takes on your sin and your shame and your brokenness. And what we celebrate today, he's victorious. He doesn't stay dead. He rises to victory, but you can't skip over Friday. So in verse 27, Jesus proceeds to explain to these disciples. He says, beginning with the Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. So he shows where they are in scripture because Jesus is all through scripture. And at this time, it would have been the Old Testament. That's all they had at this point. So he would have been showing them all the spots in the Old Testament where he was and where it pointed to the cross. And I'm sure he probably touched on uh, maybe a passage like Genesis 3.15, where it's the first promise of a redeemer after the fall of humans. Maybe it was Genesis 22, which was Abraham putting his son on the altar and then Jesus stepping in and providing a sacrifice as a picture of what God's going to do to Jesus for us. Or maybe he was looking at prophetic messages like Isaiah 53, where it talks about Jesus being the suffering servant. Or passages like Psalm 22 and, and Psalm 69, 69 that, that pointed to the Messiah. But Jesus had to suffer. And I think what they would have seen as Jesus walked them through those passages, we've seen that across, the cross was part of the plan the whole time. They just didn't see it. It wasn't to redeem Israel from the Romans or to establish his physical earthly kingdom, which he will one day, but not yet. It was to redeem everyone who put their faith and trust in Jesus to save them from sin and death. And the only way to do that was through suffering, was to bear the weight of sin so that he could victoriously defeat it. And he did. Which, which leads me to my final observation that just said their eyes were opened. They invite, the disciples invite Jesus for dinner. And in verse 30 to 31, it says, it was as he reclined at the table with them that he took bread and blessed it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. Could you imagine for a moment? Your eyes are opened and you realize that you've, you've been complaining to Jesus that Jesus didn't have a plan and that, that you didn't know if he was alive and yet he was walking beside you alive the whole time and then showed you the plan in scripture. But hold on, maybe that is you. Maybe you've been walking this past year in the struggles and the disappointments, struggling with God's plan, wondering if God has a plan, wondering why 
things are going the way that they're going. But do you recognize that Jesus is walking with you? Right beside you. Listening to you. Waiting for you to invite him into your life. Where he can open your heart and open your eyes to see his purpose and his plans. Because I think God, God is doing incredible things all around us all the time. But sometimes when, when we get fixated on our own plan, we miss what God is doing around us. And the other thing too is, is that God can use suffering for a purpose that is opposite from the intended evil that it is. God used the suffering of Jesus on the cross to give you forgiveness and that's what we celebrate today. But maybe the purpose is to strengthen your faith. Maybe it's to have more trust put in God. Maybe it's for your more reliance on God. Jesus opened their eyes and Jesus can open your eyes. And I think what you will begin to see is that the road to suffering leads to glory. Friday leads to Sunday. Death to resurrection. The, the pouring out of, of God's wrath on Friday actually leads to our forgiveness today. And this is great. Their eyes were opened. They realized that it was Jesus talking the whole time. And, and they say, weren't our hearts burning within us while we were, he was talking to us on the road and explaining the scripture to us. When Jesus allows us to see that he has a plan and a purpose, it gives us a right perspective. But more importantly, it gives us hope and it gives us a faith. And their hearts were burning within them. And I think... I, I, I think that means like there's, there's some passion there. When your hearts have, have been moved, what is the response? Well, they say it's to share. I remember um, I was in a band once and we used to write music. And, and I remember at times we would write a, a song and I would be so excited about it that all I wanted to do was share it with someone. Share it with um, by recording it or, or booking that next gig because I was passionate about it. I wanted people to, to know it because I was proud of it. Now think about the fact that the disciples just heard the greatest teacher in the world explain the scriptures to them. They would have seen it come alive. And, and they would have seen probably things in scripture that they would have never seen before. And I, I could imagine that that scripture just came alive to them and now they're burning to tell people. They saw God's plan. And on top of that, he proved that he was physically alive to them. So the only response is to share out of a burning heart. And people need to know this, so share it. And the crazy thing is, it's still being shared today. We're looking at a passage that is being shared all over the world. So, so here's what we celebrate today. That Jesus had to, had to suffer and die for your sin. And that's what Good Friday is all about. Because he loves you. But Jesus didn't stay dead. And instead, he was raised from the dead. Victorious over sin, over Satan, over death. And one day, even though we still die, we will be raised with Christ. We will be resurrected with Christ in all his glory. Jesus opened the eyes of the disciples to show them that God had a plan all along. Jesus helped them to see that all of scripture pointed to Jesus' death and resurrection. 
And Jesus gave hope and confidence that he is truly alive. And you know what the response was when the disciples realized that Jesus was alive? They went and told people. They went and told the, the 11 disciples. So tell someone today that Jesus is alive. Jesus suffered on a Friday, rose on a Sunday. He is risen. And say it with me, he is risen indeed. Let's celebrate and let's worship Jesus today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to earth with a plan. And that he, he took on our sin and our shame. And, and he went to the cross and he died for us. Not so that he would stay dead, but so that he would be raised to life, defeating sin and death. And I thank you for that gift. Lord, help me to believe it more today. I thank you that you're alive. Lord, help me to share that. Lord, I pray for that burning desire in my heart for, for people to know this message and be set free. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.